Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, whatever time you are tuning in. Welcome to Homesteading and Gardening in the Suburbs. I'm Emma from Misfit Gardening. And first of all, I'm really sorry that there was no episode that went live last week. I'm not entirely sure what happened there. Um, I guess it was a, a problem on my part. I didn't hit a button. So I'm sorry that this didn't go live when it was supposed to. However, we're here now. So let's talk about learning to preserve food because that's one of those homesteading skills that can easily be learned in a suburban setting um, and as we you know rapidly learned by going through and and practicing and learning these homesteading skills we have definitely learned from some uh, mistakes along the way when it comes to preserving food so let's dig in and talk about some of those learnings that we had so the first one is jars that we actually need, right? When we first started canning and practicing homesteading skills, we started by stocking up on lots of different jars. So we had half pints, pints, quarts, even half gallon jars, um, both in standard or regular mouth size jars and the wide mouth. And one of the things that we learned super early in the process was we don't actually need all of these types of jars. We only really needed a couple of them. And the ones that we use all the time are the regular mouth pint jars and the wide mouth quart jars. That's it. Um, the half gallons, like they might be used for juice once we move to our new homestead and we get apple picking. But right now they've been relegated to storing seeds. So I've used them as like mini seed vaults with different seed packets um, to store. Oh, I've been using them as like a store for drying beans. So um, my husband and I were shelling a couple of five gallon buckets of drying beans that we had, like that we'd saved from uh, the previous year. And we've been just shelling them into these half gallon um, jars and stuff. So, you know, we haven't really used our half gallon jars, although um, somebody on the Facebook group has uh, had the great idea of that's what she stores um, broth from uh, chickens in. So um, that's a, a good option for you. However, like we realized that that that, you know, those size jars and all the other jars that we have, like the half pints and stuff, uh, you know, the little jelly jars and stuff, like we don't really use them. Like the majority of stuff for us is in quarts or pints. And like I said, we use the wide mouth quarts and the regular mouth pints. So those are the ones that we would stock up on moving forward. I mean, for the half pints, well, folks, let me tell you that they're really absolutely is such a thing as too many jams and jellies seriously like there's things that we canned like five years ago and we haven't used um, and now we actually have to empty the jars and clean them out ready for us to move and uh, that brings me rather nicely on to our next lesson learned which is quantity matters so along with like a hundred jams, uh, you know, jars of jam or pepper jelly that we've not used, um, we have like a thousand jars of chutney because I went way overboard on chutney. Um, what is chutney, I hear you ask? Um, well, it's a sweet and tangy condiment, right? It pairs really well with cheese boards, cold meat and in a cheese sandwich. Um, that's 
commonly how I have it is in a cheese sandwich. Well, now it's a vegan cheese sandwich. Um, but, you know, it's well known in uh, the UK. It is not well known here in the US, which makes it incredibly hard to give out as gifts because nobody knows what it is and what to do with it. So when I've you know given chutney out to people i've usually given you know like a list of ideas to use the chutney on um you know my husband really likes it with a bit of pork pie if he's like made pork pie and stuff but now i don't eat meat there's not a lot that i really use chutney for maybe i'll add it like on top of a curry just to give it like a little bit of a different dynamic but realistically it is really difficult to come up with different uses for chutney and i don't have just zucchini chutney i have uh, also known as courgette chutney i also have green tomato chutney and uh, various other types of chutney <laughs> kicking about so one of the lessons that we learned very rapidly was that just because you have a recipe and you have enough ingredients to make like a million jars of chutney or pickles or relish or jam or whatever it doesn't necessarily mean that you should right <laughs> if it's a new recipe or a new condiment that you've not tried before like um corn relish is one that's often in the canning books and i've never had it before um i you know if you've never had it before just do a small batch so, so most of the recipes that are given are for like you know six jars maybe ten jars at, at the most right um don't double up the recipe don't triple up the recipe don't do like 40 runs of it um in the canner because you've got enough ingredients to be able to do that like i wish that i had stuck to the small batch especially with the pepper jelly like i mean my husband said that they were good for glazing meat and like I made like one one batch of them and they have sat all alone and I have used exactly one jar like since I made them and uh, you know they, they just they don't get used um, even ones that were opened up and used sat in the back of the fridge for months months and months and months waiting to be used um, so I would definitely say that if it is a new recipe and you're not sure of it, do it as a small batch. Um, don't make any more than, you know, what the, the recipe entails and, you know, try it and see if there's different ways that you can use it. And if you don't like it, see about giving it away to, you know, friends, family, neighbours and see if they can use it rather than having it just kind of sitting around and not being used. Because that's the really frustrating thing um, that I've found is, you know, we've we've canned all this stuff and it's just sat there and it's not been been used which leads me on to lesson number three keep the produce in sight so you know the old saying out of sight out of mind right well if your home canned produce remains out of sight it might be forgotten um so make it a habit to add it like your home canned goods to your meal plan um so it'll get used or you know periodically make a plan to you know bring things up from wherever you're storing it like into the pantry so you'll see it and you will use it um because that that's what's happened with us like ours has kind of sat in the basement on the the shelves and it's 
it's been forgotten about because you know we're busy doing other things or you know it's just been behind the million and one jars of chutney that were there right so as we've been kind of packing up our home from moving like you know we've started finding stuff like I found pickles and you know jams and all of these weird things that you know we made and we never got around to to using which was kind of disappointing and I sort of remembered back from you know when I was when I was younger and still living in the UK like granddad and granny had like a shed well it was the garage uh, sorry the garage the garage um you know and they had shelves in in there that were full of different pickles and stuff and um you know they they sat there and you know yeah they rotated through them but they had way more than they could ever use and things were constantly like given out for stuff and you know my granny had these amazing spiced pears in syrup and they were like my favorite thing in the world and um you know I was talking to my sister um not so long ago and you know I was like do you remember those yeah yeah I do and um I was trying to remember the spices and things that were in it because I have my grandmother's pickling and canning recipes but I can't find the one for the spiced pears so we're trying to remember between us what the spices were in there so I'm gonna have a bit of experimenting to do um but again I don't want to do it in such a big quantity that you know if it's something that you know I don't like um you know I've got no way of using it um you know I have put um pickles and jams and you know chutneys into the compost um you know dump them out and then you know turned everything in the compost and you know it has it has broken down but i i really don't recommend that as being a resolution <laughs> um you know stick with the smaller batches figure out if it is a recipe that you like and one that you are going to use remember that your needs are going to change so your go-to recipes for canning and needs for canning on your homestead are gonna change and develop as your skills develop and you get more confident so for example we started with jams and jellies and chutney right they were things that were familiar they were things that I'd made with my granny like I knew how to do them the recipes were simple and we had tons of blackberries and stuff right we then stepped up into a pressure canner now we can meat veggies soups stews stocks and broths and we make midweek meals of you know farmer's soup as we call it or a stew that are perfect for last minute like midweek meals right our canning needs have changed and our needs have evolved as our skills of growing food in the garden have developed too so now we make things like passata or um, homemade pasta sauce pickled green beans with spicy peppers or even quarts of canned chili when we have lots of beans and peppers right the fruits do so much better as being frozen fruits where we can use them in desserts smoothies or just added to oatmeal rather than being made into jam right our tastes for food have changed and so is our method that we choose to preserve the harvest and that's okay this is part of that journey of learning and honing your skills as a homestead and this is why it's great when you are homestead in the suburbs because you're able to you know do these kind of things without it being you know like the be all and end all right if you're living in the middle of nowhere on 140 acres 
hypothetically, right? And and all that you've got is a thousand jars of, you know, chutney and the nearest like grocery store is a four hour drive away. Well, I'm going to be eating chutney for a while, right? Um, you know, so th- there's different methods to preserve harvests and stuff and there's different ways that we can use it. So zucchini is a really great example, right? Remember that we made it into chutney, lots of jars of chutney. Um, now we will freeze the excess of zucchini, right? We will turn it into zucchini lasagna, right? So you use the zucchini as the lasagna sheets rather than the pasta. So rather than turning it into another batch of chutney we will turn the zucchini into zucchini lasagna and then we will freeze it for an easier family meal right the more we have lived as homesteaders in the suburbs the more we have learned about how the homestead pieces fit together with us as a family so you know finding out hey these recipes we really really like right you know we love italian food we eat italian food all the time so making our own pasta sauce with tomatoes that we grew was a total no-brainer because we use it all the time so you know this is kind of feeding into the development plan of you know what it is that we're going to be doing on our new homestead and that's going to be an upcoming um, episode where we're going to be talking about some of those things but you know it's okay to make mistakes on your homestead because they're not necessarily mistakes they're lessons to learn and that's how we develop and that's how you know our skills get better my other um big lesson for me was um planning my canning days and you know i work full-time outside of doing the podcast and the blog and stuff i have a full-time job and um you know as best as you can try to plan the days that you're going to be preserving and canning, right? You can kind of guesstimate based on the days to maturity of the plants, right? Remember that garden journal for taking notes? It comes in really handy. Um, But you can, you know, based on when you planted a variety, if you know the days to maturity because you've taken notes, um, you know, you can figure out when you expect a harvest to begin. And, you know, I would make a note of those days, put it as a memo, put it on the calendar, something so you don't forget um, about, you know, when it's going to be. And then see about getting some help. Like, you know, I knew that the tomatoes were going to be coming in around you know middle of august and i always kind of had um vacation days or pto kind of you know sort of tentatively planned out for around when i would expect the tomatoes to be coming in because i knew i was going to need to be you know harvesting and canning but one of the things that you know i i learned early was that you know canning um you know it's it's way better when there's more people helping and you can hang out and do stuff right so reach out to friends and see if they'd be willing to do a potluck and and help you can and preserve right you get to spend time with friends and preserve and it's a winner right canning days can be really tough they are definitely incredibly busy right between my husband and i right when we're doing canning one of us is cleaning and sanitizing the other one's prepping the ingredients or heating the ingredients on the stove right one of us is probably filling jars the other is then wiping the rims and screwing on the lids right whilst the can is coming up to temperature or pressure right one of us is monitoring that getting ready to start the timer the other one of us is cleaning and sanitizing in the kitchen to get started on the next batch 
much, right? There's a lot of collaboration in homesteading and preserving or canning your produce out of the garden is no exception. So don't, don't be afraid to ask for help, especially if you've got a lot that needs to be taken care of and you don't want to make it all into pickles, right? You know, having, you know, friends there to help, right? It makes it a lot more enjoyable, right? I I know people who would try and do canning like before work and stuff and that just wasn't going to work for us as a family. But I would definitely do a canning session when I got home from work. But then, you know, I'd be heading to bed around like 11, 11.30 and it was just exhausting to be trying to be mentally awake enough to do a full day at work as well. So, you know, try and plan as best as you can and, um, you know, see if you can get friends over to help. Like some friends, you know, might even have a canner and, you know, you can be working multiple you know batches at the same time so you know see who's available and you you never know who would be interested in helping you or at least just chilling out and spending time together right all right the next lesson that i learned was planning your garden so I may have alluded to this just a little bit when talking about the needs of the homestead changing, right? When you're considering what to can and preserve, this is something that you should really sit down and discuss as a family when you're planning your garden. So for example, my homestead, like I mentioned, we eat a lot of Italian food. We go through tomatoes like water runs through sand. And as such, we try to plan out how many jars of pasta sauce, for example, we would use in a year. Let's say we use 52 quart-sized jars of pasta sauce in a year. We would look up a recipe for pasta sauce in quarts and see how many tomatoes we would need, right? And then we use that information to start to plan out approximately how many tomato plants we would need. So I know growing here in Utah in my garden that I need between 18 and 25 tomato plants growing to produce enough tomatoes to keep us in pasta sauce for that year, right? Then we plan out the garden since we know how many plants we need for the space that we have available. So why is it 18 to 25 plants? Well, 18 plants would be the rock star veggies that, you know, the varieties that grow well in our region in my garden. Those that have consecutively produced a reliable harvest. We would add in a couple of plants here and there of new varieties that we were trying. And if we have brand new varieties, then we would plant a bunch of extra plants to account for losing some with disease pests or they don't ripen or produce fruit in the growing season that we have. So having that garden journal and taking notes about how well things have produced a harvest, typical yields, those kind of things, those have really helped hone in how the garden is going to look. Now, of course, moving to a different homestead completely, it's kind of starting from scratch, right? I've got to figure out, like, these are the varieties that are growing. This is what's growing. This is kind of the harvest that I can expect in the timing that I have, and then start to figure out what the the canning and the, the growing plan is going to look like so there you have it some lessons that we have learned with canning right um don't make the mistakes that that you know that we made and that I definitely made in you know producing too much when it comes to canning because there really is such a thing as having too much of something and start small there's there's no 
you know nothing wrong with starting small and getting confidence in your skills and getting used to using some of these ingredients and things in different recipes especially when it comes to condiments right there's there's not a lot that you can use them for unless you're incredibly creative in the kitchen so you know start small learn how to use what it is that you're canning right and um you know don't be afraid um if it didn't work out right sometimes these things don't happen and you know we've got to be good to ourselves this isn't necessarily a mistake but it's definitely a lesson to learn and at least it's only being done on a small scale and you can always keep practicing and keep honing your skills and I encourage you to do so like keep persevering because that's how you really earn the the badge of being a homesteader is persevering keeping at it and even when things don't work outright coming up with another solution so I want to hear from you. What are some of the lessons learned from canning that you've made? Let me know in the Facebook group. Until next time, I hope your garden grows beautifully and I will see you all next week.